0: Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have so much to talk about today. We've got news about Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade. We've got injury news for Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. and more. Plenty of football to talk about today. Plenty. I mean plenty of football to talk about today. Go ahead. Sit back. Relax. Buckle your seatbelts because we have so much to talk about today. Get out your coffee. Perhaps a second cup of coffee. Sit back relax and enjoy the show all right and we're going to start things off with a little clip here we're going to talk about john mechie here's a video check him out there's one cut two cuts boom wide open and that's what you love to see from John Mechie now that he has been cleared has beaten the cancer uh, and is good to go one of the big things we loved about him coming out of college of course was his route running skills and you just saw it there on that video it's fantastic I'm glad to see him back and I really do think he's gonna be something else I really really do now let's go ahead and just get into the news because like I said we have so much to talk about today so much to talk about today we'll start with sony michelle sony michelle has announced his retirement earlier this offseason he signed a one-year deal with the rams to assumably, be the backup running back um, and going back to them but it is over it is over unfortunately in response to this the rams did sign royce freeman uh not that he's very good anymore but that's just some added depth again i think it does show that you know, Kyron Williams isn't going to be really a thing anymore, uh, and Zach Evans probably won't really be a thing either. Um, but just a little bit about Michelle, you know, just you know, he was never had a thousand yards as a runner, but still was pretty instrumental to two Super Bowl rings that he helped get the Patriots and the Rams. And for the Patriots in particular, in the three playoff games he played with the Patriots in the 2018 Super Bowl run. He had 336 yards and six touchdowns across those three games and really most of the, all the touchdowns came in the first two games because in that Super Bowl uh it wasn't it wasn't really that many points scored so um you know so uh, a player I like former first round pick you know sad to see him go but good for him best of luck on your next ventures next up let's go ahead and talk about that's screw it we'll talk about Jonathan Taylor right he requested a trade this weekend and man there is so much to talk about here so much so much because it is just a wild wild story and bear with me here I've got a new setup I've moved into a new apartment I've got to figure out why I'm yellow but that is not today's problem that is another day's problem um but over here he started well it started As we know, this offseason, a couple weeks ago, he he landed on the pup list. He was physically unable to perform. This was due to him failing a team physical. And it seems to be some other extenuating circumstances where Jonathan Taylor seems to be wanting to get himself a nice little contract. Of course, that makes sense. He's been one of the best running backs in the NFL since his arrival in the league. And even in college, he had three 2,000-yard seasons at Michigan State. So an incredibly, incredibly talented runner who deserves a ton of money. But in the current running back landscape, it's hard to get that. So he is fighting with owner Jim Ursay and the rest of the front office. His agent has even come out and said that the relationship between the two is terrible. So it's not looking good in terms of getting a contract and definitely not looking good in terms of long-term prospects for Jonathan Taylor on the Colts, given this trade request. So let's go ahead and just talk about a little bit of what happened. Um, First off, I want to credit Nate Atkins on Twitter. He pointed out that the ankle surgery that Jonathan Taylor did have was in January and it was an arthroscopic debridement. And that is more so a cleanup procedure that should only carry a two to four week recovery window. It's now been six months and he's now on this pup list so again that kind of lends to that there's something else going on yes he failed the physical um supposedly uh but given that he should have already recovered from that ankle injury there's just so many other things going on and then it came out that he had a meeting with ursay and immediately after that meeting he requested a trade However, it turns out that he had requested a trade before the meeting with Ursay and it was kind of Ursay's last attempt to go meet with him. He even pulled up in the team bus, pulled him out of practice, and pulled Jonathan Taylor into the team bus to talk about it, and it just seems that both sides cannot agree at all. And then it came out, too, that Jonathan Taylor had a back injury. That's kind of what Put him on the pup list and that there are some rumors that they would actually move him to the nfi list showing that this injury didn't come from football it came from somewhere else and that they're upset with the irresponsibility in jonathan taylor the move didn't happen and probably won't happen as then jonathan taylor came out and said i've never had a back injury and the tweet itself said one never had a back pain. two never reported back pain not sure whose sources are but find." new one. So Jonathan Taylor is just getting increasingly, increasingly upset at the situation. And uh, it seems that this back injury is not true. It seems that this NFI list thing is not true. Uh, it's just a messy, messy situation. And then just to kind of talk about what's going on in general, Jim Ursay did come out and say that he won't extend Jonathan Taylor's contract, nor will Jonathan Taylor be playing with them after this year. The plan is for him to only play this season and that's it. Uh, unless he, you know, kind of becomes a a, a little bit more uh, willing to accept what the team is trying to give him, not what Jonathan Taylor wants. This, as Ari Meyer points out, is taking it to a whole nother level. Jim Mercy has been taking it to my way or the highway, uh, which is true. It is true because there's a text from Jonathan or er, from Jim Ursay as well about Jonathan Taylor. We're not trading Jonathan. End of discussion. Not now and not in october and he even went on got a little existential jim ursay did if i die tonight and jonathan taylor is out of the league no one's gonna miss us the league goes on we know that the national football league rolls on it doesn't matter who comes and who goes it's just a privilege to be a part of it jim ursay just trying to you know give some reasoning to i guess jonathan taylor in a roundabout way just saying dude come on just play some football for us you're making millions of dollars put up shut up you know last year even had a little bit of a down year an incredibly down year i would even say he only had 861 rush yards granted of course he only played in 11 games but he also only had four touchdowns and that's coming off a year where he had 1800 rush yards and 20 touchdowns and you can look at his efficiency metrics here and they're really really not great he was 30th in yards per carry 37th in yards per touch 27th in juke rate 60th in breakaway weight. <laughs> 29th in breakaway runs it it was just really 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 not good 152nd in expected points added showing that he was just not efficient at all last season granted the colts were a dumpster fire but you know that when you play like that after a year that you've played so well it's definitely concerning and i can understand why the front office wouldn't want to pay him just finish out the contract and move on but of course if i understand jonathan taylor's side as well that's kind of the big dilemma in these situations with these running backs is both sides have good arguments right the front office can't afford to pay running backs. They can go get someone else. And I mean, in the Colts case in particular, they've got Anthony Richardson, right? A guy who's going to be running the ball a ton. A guy who we've all already accepted does limit the upside of Jonathan Taylor in fantasy football because Anthony Richardson's going to be scoring touchdowns either on the goal line or just running it off of a scramble or something. And that's just, I mean, obviously an efficient offense helps a, a running back get some more points, but Jonathan Taylor's going from being the offense's focal point to not the focal point anymore. The focal point will be Anthony Richardson. And so it it was already a worse scenario for Jonathan Taylor. And now it looks even, even murkier and gross. I think a new team would be better for him, but it does seem as Jim Mercer is saying that he doesn't want to trade him at all this season. He just wants to finish this year and have him. It does seem that this is the end of the line for the Colts. This will be his last season before going somewhere else and we'll have and we're yet to see how that'll go. It kind of makes sense that the Colts would need him this year as Anthony Richardson is learning, of course, and they'll probably have Gardner Minshew out for a couple games. So having a good run game will be really really important. Keep the clock running, get some extra yardage, you know, just it, it's a it's a it's a focal point of an offense, especially one with a learning quarterback. So it's important for them to have them have him this last year. And I'm sure they will try to make him happy in some regard, but ultimately ultimately this is probably the last year on the Colts and Jonathan Taylor overall is not going to be happy this season, which means I'm probably staying away from him. I'm probably just staying away from Jonathan Taylor this year. I think that there's enough running backs out there, especially after where he's going, that you could be fine. I mean, you could take Najee Harris after him. You could take Brees Hall after him. Uh, and I mean, you could even make an argument that, you know, the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world and that kind of range that Rashad White's maybe might even perform similarly. So, Jonathan Taylor, I'm staying away from. Luke and Roth and sort of the Colt situation. Doesn't seem like he'll be traded. We'll monitor the situation and continue to give you updates as this is Wake and Take, where we talk about NFL news. Now, let's talk about another running back, and that is J.K. Dobbins. We have a quote from Lamar Jackson. With running backs, you know, kind of being frustrated right now, Lamar Jackson was asked in an interview just about how he feels about J.K. Dobbins and everything. And he says this. He means a lot to our offense, man. He's one of the guys that sparks the offense and gets us going. When we're having a slow start, sometimes he gets the ball and makes magic happen. So I can't wait for him to get back out on the field with us. And that's true. J.K. Dobbins is fantastic. 96 percentile speed score, of course, incredibly fast. But even last year, playing through an injury, returning from an injury was incredibly efficient. The exact opposite of Jonathan Taylor, who was not efficient last year. J.K. Dobbins was efficient. And I even remember, I remember watching that one breakaway run. I think it was against the Browns where he was hobbling his way towards the end zone. If he was healthy, it would have been a touchdown. But even then, it was still like a 50-yard run, and he was killing it even with the injury. Some stats to prove that. He was number three in breakaway runway last year. He was fourth in true yards per carry and ninth in yards per touch among all running backs last season. So, J.K. Dobbins is important to this offense. If you remember, he was holding out a little bit to try to get a contract. I don't think it'll happen, but I do respect it. Right, he's like, hey, you know, I still haven't even given you my best years, and I've still been good. I'm about to be going into a year where I'm fully healthy, and I think that I'm gonna be outperforming my contract. Please give me something, Ravens. Please, but it would have to be a bet on technically an unproven asset, so they won't do it. But uh, it makes sense, and I'm glad that he's at least trying. Uh, best of luck um, to him. Uh, somebody asks, and this is more back towards the Jonathan Taylor, but I, I uh, what about the contract year narrative? I mean, like, I get it, but that's more so when you're trying to get a contract with the same team. I think he wants out of the Colts, right? Like, I just think that Jonathan Taylor wants out of the Colts. He will be trying, right? I mean, he'll still obviously be playing well, but I just, I don't know. The motivation doesn't seem to be there, right? That's an important thing. And again, this offense is still not going to be super great uh as it was last year so i just i'm staying away from him even in the contract year i know he's trying to prove stuff but it's just not enough for me not enough of a reason amon ross st brown i've got it's it's not a jason show if we don't hype up lions receivers you know i love some Jamison williams you know i love some sun god amon ross st brown there's a, a quote right now this is justin rogers on twitter he was speaking with Khalif raymond after practice and talked to raymond and While he was talking to Raymond, Amon Raul St. Brown walked by and Raymond said, that guy is the hardest worker I've ever seen and it's not even close. I can't beat him and I'm trying. And and, uh, Justin Rogers says, remarkable if you knew how much extra work Raymond puts in every day. I can't speak to how hard of a worker Khalif Raymond is, but we all know we see it time and time again with Amon Raul St. Brown. Dude is a dog and has dog mentality. Uh, and continues working non-non-stop. And that is why I have him ranked so high in Dynasty. He is fantastic and will continue to be fantastic go get him. If you can, I think this is the last year where you'll be able to acquire him right now. He is way better than his value suggests going way later than he should at the beginning of third rounds. Usually end of second, he should be going towards the beginning of the second, maybe even eke into the first round in full PPR league. So Amon Ross St. Brown is a value right now, even at the expensive price tag in dynasty. I recommend trading for him in redraft. I recommend trading for him. Another player you should be going out to acquire is of course, Michael Wilson, and this is something that we have talked about a decent bit on this show. We love the opportunity that's going to present itself with Michael Wilson just because of how he profiles and the rest of the receivers on this offense. Yes, the quarterback situation is a little tough, but especially in dynasty leagues, maybe not redraft. Well, redraft probably, too. You can pick him up in the waiver later in the year when it's starting to look like Kyler Murray's coming back. Don't wait for him to play a game. But like what, like, you know, a week or two before it seems Kyler Murray's gonna return, go ahead and pick up some Michael Wilson because he's the only starting wide receiver on this team above 5'9 and above 175 pounds. It is a small receiver core, and he's already looking good at camp. We know that Michael Wilson is 6'2, 215 pounds. So again, completely different than the rest of the receivers. And not only is he looking good at camp, he's getting first team reps already at the Cardinals training camp so he's already put into a really really good position so he's worth it right now incredible incredible value in Dynasty Leagues in redraft leagues go get yourself some Michael Wilson his college resume of course is not fantastic because the last three years he suffered injuries but even as a freshman a freshman at Stanford off of 56 receptions he had 672 yards and five touchdowns, plus some special teams yards as well. He is a good football player. It's just more so if he can stay healthy. But hopefully with an actual NFL training camp, he's a little bit more physically able to to stay healthy. And again, that size is there. Next up, we have some injuries out of camp, and this one does suck. Both of the Seahawks running backs have suffered an injury somehow. Both of them. So before we get into this, maybe take a flyer on Kenny McIntosh as he's now going to get a ton of reps because Zach Charbonnet has a shoulder injury and is out indefinitely. And Kenneth Walker has a groin injury and is week to week and per Pete Carroll could be out a while Groin injuries are easier to recover from. He's just got to stay healthy. Shoulder injuries also for Zach Charbonnet, easy enough to recover from. I mean, we remember the 200 yard game from Dalvin Cook wearing a shoulder sling. Zach Charbonnet is no Dalvin Cook. But still, both of these guys should ultimately be fine as the season rolls around. It's just important, especially in Zach Charbonnet's case, he's supposed to be getting used to this team getting used to the nfl and now he's being robbed of that opportunity and kenny mcintosh will be getting that opportunity i'm not worried about kenneth walker i'm not fading him at all yeah he had a couple little tweaks come up last year so maybe it is signs of a bigger problem coming his way but still at his value given the discount that happened after the zach charbonnet uh drafting it's probably still fine to take a chance on kenneth walker zach charbonnet yet again have been all off season staying away from not getting any Zach Charbonnet just don't trust it and again with this injury also don't trust it just something doesn't seem right about Zach Charbonnet just it doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem right another player that got hurt unfortunately is that's the wrong Wilson Garrett Wilson not Michael Wilson Garrett Wilson got injured he actually picked up a low ankle sprain at training camp low ankle sprains Much better than high ankle sprains. Should, of course, be good by the time the season rolls around. I mean, we're getting about a month away, so it's getting closer and closer. Uh, But still, he should be good. Again, the big problem with this is it's losing time to get on the same page as Aaron Rodgers. Garrett Wilson, another player I have been selling this offseason and avoiding in all redraft formats. I just don't like it. It took time for Aaron Rodgers to get used to Devontae Adams. It's going to take time for him to get used to Garrett Wilson. And when you're bringing in your buddies, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, there's just not a lot to go around. I don't think Garrett Wilson is going to be fed in the way we all hope he will. And especially not now that he's going to be missing basically the rest of training camp, probably. He's not going to be able to get on the same page as Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to be able to work on that chemistry at all uh, until the season rolls around. And at that point, I mean, who's he going to be throwing to? Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and whatever other wide receivers decide to show face. So Garrett Wilson, when he does return, will probably be fine. But I do not see a single world where he performs at his ADP and definitely not a world where he outperforms his ADP. And I'm sorry to say it. I wish I could say something else. But still, to me, a sell in Dynasty Leagues, you can get a bunch of other wide receivers that will produce similarly with some extra cherries on on top so if you have him I would put him on the block even after this you're still going to be able to get probably some good stuff for him and you know it is what it is the injury sucks you hate to see it but uh yeah Garrett Wilson injury Garrett Wilson injury the probably about the last thing you wanted to see as a Jets fan but speaking of the Jets we've got football this week it's back baby the Hall of Fame game Everyone's least favorite football game of the entire year is happening this Thursday night and to make matters even more interesting, Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback for this game for the Jets against the Cleveland Browns. Jets versus Browns Thursday night. 8 p.m. the same time as trade gods so maybe get yourself a little bit of football on one screen and the trade gods on the other that'll be fun but you know some interesting Zach Wilson narratives will surely pop up out of this game imagine he goes out there and sucks against the practice squad team that the Browns throw out during this game it's gonna be fun to watch tons of stuff to glean from it and I'm glad that football is back baby Next up, let's go ahead and talk about another thing. As we're talking about backup quarterbacks, there's a development going on in the Miami Dolphins. And that is something that is incredibly important to monitor, in my opinion, especially in Superflex leagues, especially in deep Superflex leagues. Is this quarterback two battle? In Miami, it has come out per Barry Jackson on Twitter. Mike White said that the Dolphins never assured him of the number two job and that Skyler has been making this a highly competitive competition. These guys are battling it out, Thompson and White. Ultimately, I do believe Mike White will take it over. He's 28 years old, has a little bit more under him, and of course, slings it. And that's a really good quarterback for this offense. In his four games last year, he had 28 pass attempts, 57 pass attempts. 44 pass attempts and 46 pass attempts. One game, two games over 300 yards, a couple close to it. Um, and I mean, genuinely looked pretty decent. Skyler Thompson was almost the exact opposite in his eight games last year. Uh, he only had one game above 10 points, only one game with more than 40 pass attempts. So I do believe that Mike White ultimately fits the bill a little bit better. If you can have a guy like him Sling the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle all game. I I can't imagine it going poorly. And with the health concerns that everyone has around Tua Viola, it makes sense to take a chance on the Dolphins second quarterback. So if you're in a deep super flex league, I highly recommend rostering a Mike White, maybe a Skylar Thompson, depending on how it develops. But ultimately, I do personally think it will be Mike White, just based on his skill set, based on how much he can sling that ball and based on the weapons that they have it just makes more sense to me so go ahead and roster these guys and thank me later uh, around week nine or ten next up we'll talk about the Cowboys a little bit as there's been some stuff coming out we don't know what this offense is going to look like with the offensive coordinator Kellen Moore leaving so the new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer has come out and said Mike McCarthy is re-energized about calling plays the quote Quite honestly, he's a hell of a play caller. He's aggressive. He's confident. We want to play with an attacking scheme. You're going to see that. So some people were expecting the Cowboys offense to take their foot off the gas with Mike McCarthy calling the plays with the offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, coming to town. But it is looking like that they want to go all out attack and things might not change in Dallas. It all depends on, of course, the health of Jack and if he can fix his interception problem. But I am, one, for one, confident in the Cowboys, especially after hearing this. I hope that they continue to sling it because that's what makes these wide receivers on the team incredibly valuable. It's what makes Tony Pollard incredibly valuable. C.D. Lamb in redraft leagues is a fantastic value not really in dynasty leagues. He's the wide receiver three. So in dynasty, you can probably sell him, but in redraft, I am drafting CD lamb. I like it a lot. I'm drafting Brandon cooks. I'm drafting Luke Schoonmaker, and I'm probably drafting some Tony Pollard as well, depending on how the board falls. So the Cowboys offense is looking good. And CD lamb even came out and said the Cowboys best is yet to come. And that was in response to, to warning the NFL and in response to his Madden rating being the 10th highest rated wide receiver in Madden he he came out and said that. So the Cowboys offense is looking energized and looking good. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Before we get into the Dalvin Cooks and the Ezekiel Elliott updates, I've got two little oh god. Oh my god, guys. I have so much. I have so much news written down. We're going to we're going to keep a couple stuff for the next episode but so first we're gonna quickly talk about Alvin Kamara again we don't know what suspension he's gonna get but in my opinion it's not looking like he's gonna get that big of a suspension and to back this up the New Orleans website nola.com one of their news sources uh reported on Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara says that he plans to meet in person with Roger Goodell and explain his side of the story if that meeting happens i don't think that this suspension is going to be long at all i have to say four games max uh because you know if roger goodell's opening the door to letting him explain his side i'm sure it makes a little bit of sense overall um and we'll see what happens with it right uh I, he's still going to get something at least a fine probably at least a two game suspension but i don't see much more than four and i you know i hope that this this meeting goes well with roger Goodell. Next and this is for my deep deep roster people out there I'm mentioning this because I do think that Godwin Iguabuike is going to be fantasy relevant in 2023 he just signed with the Falcons and if you'll remember about Godwin Iguabuike he's incredibly athletic and if you'll remember about the Falcons their running back room is actually pretty shallow. You've got Bijan, you've got Algier, and you've got Cordero, and now Godwin Iguobuike as Avery Williams is out for the year, and they released Caleb Huntley. Godwin Iguobuike is a special teams player. He's a former safety, and he has all sorts of skill sets. He can catch the ball. He can run well. In 2021, he actually averaged 6.6 yards per carry, had 100 rush yards off of 18 rush attempts, Um, so absolutely killing it and even had 60 receiving yards off of seven receptions that year. And his workout metrics are insane as well. Above average everywhere except for the bench press, a 90th percentile 40, 91st percentile speed score, 80th percentile burst, 99th percentile agility with best comparable player, Jarek McKinnon. Again, I mentioned the Falcons depth chart with the running backs. Iguobuike is going to see the field Last year, we saw Avery Williams used as a gadget player, even with a fully healthy running back room. I think the same could be said with Iguablique. And then if an injury ever happens to say Cordero Patterson, Iguoblique is going to get that role for sure. He's going to catch some passes. He's going to be doing some special team stuff. And if anyone gets hurt, he's going to be on the field and his athleticism will help him a ton. So in my deep leagues, go ahead and take a chance on Godwin Iguoblique. The Giants wide receivers, Sterling Shepard and Jamison Crowder have officially returned to practice and have officially passed the team physicals. Uh, Just a little bit about Sterling Shepard right now. I see him available on waiver wires in some of my deeper dynasty leagues. I I see him going really far at the end of drafts, sometimes completely undrafted in redraft leagues. I think while Sterling Shepard is on the field, he will be a startable wide receiver. Yes, he's 30 years old, but remember how much he means to the Giants. He's been on them for now nine years, eight years going into ninth year, uh, and he's 30 years old again, but even last year, even last year, and it's only three games played. He had 24 targets. Two of those games, he had 10 targets. Two of those games, he had 10 targets. The guy gets volume. The Giants like him. They scheme plays for him, and his main issue has always just been health, I don't know if he'll stay healthy, of course, but I do think while he's out there, he will get some usage. Never had a thousand receiving yards, but also has only had two fully healthy seasons under his belt Uh, and, you know, has always averaged about 10 yards per per reception. His lowest yards per reception in a season is 9.9. So he's an efficient wide receiver. I like him. He's an incredible value. And I'm sure, especially at the beginning of the season, he'll be one of the, the, not the focal points, but a starting wide receiver. He will be out there, uh, especially probably three wide receiver sets. So I think Sterling Shepard's probably a value. I'm not really touching Jamison Crowder, um, but I do think like if you're looking for some wide receiver help and you just want someone, Sterling Shepard could fill that void while he's healthy. Uh, And... Real quick, Frank Gore. I just want to give a round of applause to Frank Gore. Where's my applause? Here it is. Frank Gore. Frank Gore has been hired as the football advisor for the San Francisco 49ers, the team that he played so long for in his career. I just think it's cool that he's made the jump to a front office person after playing so long, and especially with the team that he gave so much to. I think that that's really cool, and I would love to see that happen to more players who have retired. Congratulations Frank Gore. Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins gave a 30 minute speech after practice last Thursday, a 30 minute speech and members of the team described that 30 minutes as absolutely riveting. So Kirk Cousins is fired up this year as he should be. I'm excited to see what he can bring. I'm excited to see this Falcon uh, this Vikings team as they you know last year won so many one score contests and were one of the better teams in terms of record but there were some glaring holes that they haven't really quite fixed so i'm curious to see what kind of record they get i hope this offense is as explosive as it seems to be and i hope that things are true about Kirk cousins firing up this team and we are on the home stretch i mentioned at the top of the show that this was a long one we there was so much news when i was going through I was so much news going through. Um, But Ezekiel Elliott has visited the Patriots and it seems to have gone well. It seems to have gone really well. He's reportedly still in the Boston area a day after meeting them. I think even two days after meeting with them, to be honest, um, and is still there. He actually went out to dinner with Mac Jones. Look how funny this picture is. First off, why are they sitting on the same side of the table? And why are they just staring at the wall? These guys, I don't believe are at the same table, but they might be. I can't tell. That might be the same table. So I guess they're they're waiting on a couple people to join their party. But it's funny that they're sitting together on the on the same side, just kind of blankly staring at the wall. I hope they had a good dinner and a just a little bit about the Ezekiel Elliott on the Patriots. I think it makes the most sense out of who's visited. Leonard Fournette's visited and Dalvin Cook has visited. It looks like they are heavy into bringing in someone else and Ezekiel Elliott to me fits a much more complimentary role to Ramondre Stevenson than a Fournette, than a Cookwood. And is probably also a little bit cheaper too.